You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. There's this belief that there's a different standard for correctness in the New Testament than there is in the Old Testament. That prophecy in the New Testament, it's like, you know, it, it's a growing process. You got to grow in your gift of using prophecy. And so, you know, as you grow, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to get it wrong. And it's okay. In fact, they encourage it. You know, if you're not making mistakes, if you're not giving out bad words, you're not prophesying enough. You got to get more experience and, and prophesy more. And, and the more you prophesy, the more you'll get it right. Have you heard someone say that the Old Testament was not as relevant as the New Testament? That there's a different standard for correctness for the New Testament than for the Old Testament? We have many prophecies delivered almost all the time during a newscast or special government announcement. We have to ask, did it come true? Does this person have a reputation or track record of being correct? In his message, Pastor Holland gives scriptural examples of a truthful prophet. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18 as he continues his message, Beware False Prophets. She had a spirit guide, and her spirit guide was named Jesus. And so she would believe that she was having conversations with Jesus. And she would talk about all of these mystical experiences and these secret information that Jesus was telling her, these secret revelations of things. Until one day, God began to move in her life and began to reveal to her the, the spirit that was behind Jesus, this Jesus, this spirit guide that she had. And when she saw the revelation of the demonic force behind it, she was gone. She freaked her out. And she ended up coming to the Lord. And now she speaks on this subject and has written books about it. But there's often false prophets will come in with this hidden revelation. And if you only take my e-course or if you buy my book and spend thousands of dollars, I will give you this revelation for free. Of course, it always comes down to you got to do something for me. Then he talks about worthless things. A worthless thing is a teaching that is obscure or has no purpose and is incapable of producing results. A worthless thing is something that doesn't work. It has no worth whatsoever. In Deuteronomy 4.2, it says to not add to God's word or take away from God's word. And to add to God's word means to expand it to include things that it doesn't include. To make it say things that it doesn't say. Like a lot of these prophets will say, hey, if you want to experience a prophet's reward, you got to give money to the prophet. So whatever you invest in the ministry, you'll get the prophet's reward. Well, when you look at the scripture where they get that from, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It doesn't say that whatsoever, but they've expanded the scriptures to make it say what they want it to say. You know, another thing that often uh, people will say is that, you know, if you give money to the Lord, if you seed faith your money, you know, invest your money in the kingdom and, and plant your seed that it's going to reap a harvest and a thousandfold, a hundredfold. And so, you, you know, if you want to get back a million from the Lord, just give, give $10,000 to my ministry and the Lord will give you a million. And they've expanded the scriptures to say what it doesn't say, to include things that it doesn't include. And in doing so, it adds to the word of God. When it says to take away, it means to make scarce what God gives in abundance. 
to make scarce. Something that God has given you freely, it puts a price tag on it and makes it expensive. Like some of you, maybe you've heard this kind of teaching that says something like, well, you know, if you want to move in the things of God, you got to be willing to pay the price. There's a price tag on it. You got to be willing to go through the ringer. If you really want to move in the things of the Spirit, you got to pay the price. Well, it's so interesting because you don't see that anywhere in the Scriptures. You don't see God saying, in the last days, I will pour out my Holy Spirit on anybody who pays the price. They'll see visions. They'll dream dreams. But how much of a dream do you want? Do you want to buy at wholesale or at retail? If you want the full measure, you got to give at retail. Then you'll get the full measure. It's like that whole thing, you know, do you tithe on the gross or the net? Well, what do you want the blessing on, the gross or the net? I want the blessing on the gross. You see how they manipulate the word of God and take what God has freely given, which is his blessing, that he liberally pours out. He withholds it from nobody. It goes from his hand, seemingly without discernment on his part. He just seems to bless anybody and everybody that asks for it by faith. And that when we do that, he's just liberal and generous. And so they make you think like you got to do something to get what God has already given you. And we've talked about the teaching in the book of Genesis with Satan when he tempted Eve and said, if you eat of the fruit, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. But we know that from the scriptures that Adam and Eve were made in the image and likeness of God. They were already made like God. God had already done that. But Satan put a price tag on it, made it feel like they didn't have it, and they had to do something in order to get it. And that's what a false prophet will do. A false prophet will make you think that you have to do something in order to get something that God has already given freely. God pours out his Holy Spirit upon everybody, liberally, without measure. You want to know how to hear his voice? Spend time with him. You'll start hearing his voice. It's that easy. The deceit of the heart. And here's the most dangerous thing about false prophets. They're speaking out of their own soul, and they don't know it. They do not have any idea that what they're saying is false because they justify it by an experience. They have an encounter that they believe is from God. And so because they believe they've had this encounter, oh, I had this dream, I had this vision, I had this, I saw an angel. Well, when someone tells you that, how can you verify it? How do you know? How do you know it actually happened? How do you know they're not just making it up? Well, you can know by the fruit that is in their life. But Paul warns us about this, saying to the Corinthians, he says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. They're setting themselves up as saying they're like us. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So they're going to look all bright and shiny on the outside. They're going to look like, oh, I need to listen to them. But beware. As Pastor Chuck would say, if you want a spiritual experience, you'll get it. 
If you run after a spiritual experience, you'll get a spiritual experience. It may not be Jesus, but you'll get one. But if you run after Jesus, if you pursue Jesus, not only will you get Jesus, but you'll, like Paul, get all the spiritual experiences you could ever want as you're pursuing Jesus. But the most obvious sign of a false prophet is in verse 22 of Deuteronomy. It says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. So the very basic thing is, does what they say come to pass? Is it true? Not like they prophesied 10 things and one thing came to pass. But does everything they say come to pass? If they say God said and it doesn't happen, they are a false prophet. But there's this belief that there's a different standard for correctness in the New Testament than there is in the Old Testament. That prophecy in the New Testament, it's like, you know, it, it's a growing process. You got to grow in your gift of using prophecy. And so, you know, if, as you grow, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to get it wrong. And it's okay. In fact, they encourage it. You know, if you're not making mistakes, if you're not giving out bad words, you're not prophesying enough. You got to get more experience and, and prophesy more. And, and the more you prophesy, the more you'll get it right. Now, it sounds very pragmatic, right? It's a very pragmatic way of developing in the use of the gifts of the Spirit. But when you look in the Scriptures, nowhere in the Bible do you see a prophet that grew into their office or grew into the use of spiritual gifts. Look at Samuel in the Bible. God calls him as a little boy, as a little kid. I would imagine he was probably, before he was bar mitzvah, so he was under 13. Maybe he was 8, 9, 10, who knows? But from that time forward, his words from God were 100% accurate. There was no growing into his office. There was no growing into his gifting. He was 100% accurate from day one. And so this idea that we grow into our gifting is not in the scriptures. If it is the power of the Holy Spirit, if it is God, it is 100% on point every single time. Now, what it might cause people to do, and I think this is totally appropriate, is you might not refer to yourself as a prophet. And that's a good thing. You might not refer to yourself as being more elevated than you really are. You might see yourself with a little bit more humility and be a little bit more grounded in how you follow Jesus. And that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with having humility in your walk with the Lord. So in the Bible, there is no growing process in terms of getting it wrong or right that's modeled by any of the prophets. It's always 100% accurate. So how do we protect ourselves from false prophets? And the first thing that Deuteronomy says is don't fear them. Don't fear them. Don't respect them. Or to say it bluntly, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. 
And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. I know people that will scour the internet, scour YouTube, will find these prophets, take notes, and begin to guide their life based on these things. There's a guy in Orange County It's his mandate to give a new word every month. And so the first of the month, he's giving a new prophecy. And what's interesting, if you listen to his prophecies over the months, what you discover is that God is schizophrenic. He's always changing his mind. God's doing this. Now he's doing this. Now he's doing this. Now he's doing this. It's like, oh, he's he's schizophrenic. And what I know about God is when God speaks, there is peace. And there is longevity. You can build your life on it. It's just solid. It's not chopping and changing. When God speaks, it's a sure word of prophecy. That's what the Bible is, a sure word of prophecy. You can build your life on it. And so don't listen to it. Just don't listen to it. In fact, I would encourage you. There's a lot of the guys that are out there uh, with prophecy updates. Don't listen to them. Read your Bible. Because the Bible will tell you what is going to happen. The Bible will tell you everything you need to know about what is going to happen next in the last days. And that's the second point. Know your Bible. The Bible is called the sure word of prophecy. And if a prophet speaks for God and it contradicts with the Bible, it's not from God. But in order for you to know whether it is from God or not, you need to know your Bible. You need to know what it says. And unfortunately, I wish it was different, but most of the churches do not even teach the Bible. They teach biblical principles. They teach biblical sounding messages, but they don't teach the Bible. They don't open up their Bibles and teach from the Bible as we do here at Calvary Chapel. And so their people do not know the scriptures. And so they're being led astray by so many different doctrines that come in. And I'm not talking about just within the church. I'm talking within culture. Oh, God is about to lose an election. Let's all pray and fast and moan and groan. And then another wave comes in. So you need to know the Bible. The third thing that you need to do is spend time with Jesus. You know, the way that you know the fake is to know the real. If you want to know the authentic if you want to recognize a counterfeit, you spend so much time with the, with the real, authentic person that when the counterfeit comes along, you begin to say, oh, this isn't like Jesus. This doesn't feel like Jesus. I don't know what's different about it. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't want to be around it. It doesn't remind me of Jesus. When you know Jesus, you'll know when something isn't from Jesus. 
I had a guy that came into our church that said, oh, the Lord has told me that I'm to bounce from church to church to church to church. That's my ministry, to bounce to all these different churches and minister. I said, that wasn't from the Lord. And he said, how can you say that? God spoke it to me. I said, well, I don't care. It wasn't the Lord. I've had it confirmed by pastors. I said, I'm sorry, but they lied to you. It wasn't the Lord. How do you know? Because I know Jesus. And that's not how he works. He plants people in community where they can know him and be known by the community, where they can serve, where they can grow, where they can develop, where they can be under accountability, where God can have the opportunity to work in the deep things of their life. That's what God does. We're not called to be lone rangers to go do whatever we feel like we want to do. He grounds us. And so because I know Jesus and how he works, and I can point a bunch of scriptures that would back that up, I can recognize when it's not God speaking. Which brings me to the last point, and that is the way we protect ourselves from false prophets is we need to be in a community of faith that loves Jesus, that loves each other, and that is built on the word of God. That's built on the scripture. A Bible teaching church. And I would suggest a church that teaches verse by verse from Genesis to Revelation. Not even a Bible teaching church that bounces around the book. You know, there's a lot of them that bounce around the book. And I know churches that have bounced around the book teaching the pastor's favorite books of the Bible and never have taught the whole Bible. But when you go from Genesis to Revelation, verse by verse, you get all of the scripture, everything that God wants to say on anything in the amount that God wants to say it. You're going to get his perspective and his priorities. And there are certain things as you begin to go through the scriptures that God begins, you begin to notice, well, God is really saying this over and over and over and over and over again because it's important to him. And the things that you would think would be important to you, God might address it every now and then. Occasionally, he might speak to it. And so when we get the mind of God, when we get the priority of God, I know churches that, you know, in January, they're always talking about now it's time to recommit yourself to the Lord and develop a vision for your life. And then you get into the, you know, Mother's Day, it's all about family. You get into June, it's all about fatherhood. Then you get into July, it's all about serving the Lord and missions. And then you come back to September and as schools are coming, we're going to talk about marriage and, and family and, and being strong families. And, and so you, they have these topics that they go throughout the year and, and you can plan them, their calendar, you know that series is going to come up again. And there's nothing that I have against having a strong marriage or a strong family being a strong man or woman of God. But here's the thing. When you get the whole word of God, when you get God in his priority, laying it out for you, and you begin to see things from God's perspective, how many of you know that if you do that and you get the word of God in you, that you're going to have a strong marriage? that you're going to have a strong family, that you're going to be a man of God, that you're going to be a woman of God because the word of God is in you. And not just some of the word, but all of the word. And so in these days, in these last days, Paul said it to the Hebrews. He said, let us consider one another to spurn each other to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is and so much more as we see the day approaching. We're in the last days. 
And so I believe one of the reasons why I felt like it was important to preach this message because we're going to begin to see this more and more in culture, especially this year. We're going to see more and more people getting up. Oh, I got the word of the Lord. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what it's going to be. You know, listen to my podcast. Listen to my program. Listen to this. Listen to that. A lot of people, a lot of voices are going to raise up, but there's only one voice that you need to listen to, and that's the voice of God in his word. He's given us everything we need in his word. And if we know his word, we will be equipped and prepared and ready for the days to come. And when God does speak to you, and he will speak to you, you'll be able to discern if it truly is the voice of God, or maybe it was last night's pizza. You'll be able to tell the difference because you'll know him and spend time with him. Let's pray. Father, I just have an urgency in this message because there are so many voices that are being raised up in our culture and where the lines are being blurred even between the cultural norms and the church norms and the voices that You've raised up those men of God that declare your word faithfully and the other voices that come in claiming to claim your word and who have the appearance of supernatural power, but really they're denying the power of God. It's not your power. It's something else. And Lord, you want us to be equipped for these last days. You want us to be prepared that we're not swept away or caught up or filled with anxiety or filled with all kinds of fear and trouble of the things that we hear. But Lord, you want us to be at peace. And I find it interesting that you said, don't be afraid of these people. Don't listen to them. Just trust in me. Trust what I say. Because my ways are lowly. My ways are peaceful. My ways bring strength and comfort and stability. And you said to learn of you. We want to learn your ways, Lord. And we want to walk in your ways, especially in these last days. And perhaps you're here and you've not surrendered your life to Jesus. And so you're not even able to hear the voice of God accurately because you don't have a relationship with him. You can begin a relationship with him by praying this simple prayer and mean it with all your heart and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to follow you. I leave behind everything that I know and the world to surrender completely and totally to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. Jesus' name, amen. Friends, we want you to know how special you are to us, but more importantly, we want you to know how special you are to God. God loves you, and he gave everything for you so that you could have eternal life. His son Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven and you could know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Why don't you pray this simple prayer, mean it with all your heart, and make that decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to say, Jesus, 
I surrender to you. Forgive me for living my life without you. I don't want to live without you anymore. I want to live for you. Forgive me for breaking your law and fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you pray that prayer, you can have the assurance that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And I look forward to spending that eternity with you. Thank you for being part of Worship Life Radio today. The book of Deuteronomy is full of the law that was given to Moses for the Israelite people. It was also a picture of reality and possibility in regard to a relationship with God. Listen to this well-known verse from Deuteronomy 6.5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In this verse, did you sense a note of urgency, of an expectation to surrender as I did? It's not enough to say, I love you, Jesus. It's more of an all or nothing, hold nothing back kind of intentional way of life. And it takes every ounce of every being. So what do you say? Are you ready to love so much that you can't think of or do anything outside of that love? Jesus wants a relationship with you. Will you give us a call at 949-228-9117 with any questions or concerns you might have? Once again, that number is 949-228-9117. You've been listening to the outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel San Clemente with Pastor Holland Davis. Visit us at calvarysanclemente.org to learn more about us. That website again is calvarysanclemente.org. Now may the Lord bless you and those whom you love and especially those whom nobody loves. That's all the time we have for today. Come again for more of God's Word here on Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.